Happy Halloween, Aussie Gridiron fans. Welcome back to another episode of G'day Gridiron. Thanks to the Aussie Gridiron Network. All right, let's uh, move on to one of the more surprising games of the week where the Philadelphia Eagles, for a long portion of the game against the Washington Commanders, were behind on the scoreboard. And at one point, it looked like the Commanders were going to somehow come away with a win. Uh, Sam Howe threw 39 of 52, 397 yards, four TDs, and I'm happy to report only one sack in a game against uh, such an amazing defense that is from the Philadelphia Eagles. But the Eagles did find a way to put the right amount of points on the board in the fourth quarter and eventually come home with a win 38 to 31, taking them to seven and one uh, right now and definitely leading the the NFC and big, big contenders still within the NFC. Jalen Hurts had a pretty damn good game. And I think the star thing that we need and the biggest thing we need to talk about within our little recap here would be AJ Brown is mm-hmm. it's, there's no doubt that AJ Brown is a hundred percent a dude and he's never gone anywhere. He is averaging 130 yards in each of his last four starts. Yeah. I mean, you mean MVP AJ Brown. Oh, right? mate, if, if it wasn't going to automatically go to a QB, I would hundred yeah. percent agree with you, Brad. Oh, it's just unreal what that guy is doing. And and the thing is, uh, I think it's, you know, uh, Hertz is is a good quarterback, but he's not, a, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, at least definitely not yet. Um, and so I think it, it's really what he is doing, um, given the situation, is absolutely unreal. So hats off to him. I, I hate the Eagles and I, and I hate A.J. Brown, but you got to, you know, <laughs> He, he's got game. You got to credit, credit where credit's due, Brad. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and speaking of which, credit where credit's due. Hats off to Washington and their offensive uh, game plan this week for what you mentioned, Ian. Howell only getting sacked one time. He got the ball out quick, uh, and he looked good. The offensive line, especially against that Eagles defensive line. The way they held up there. So, you know, hats off to them and, and what they were doing. I was really pulling for the commanders, but, uh, you know, alas, Eagles are Eagles. They they deserve to win the game. Yeah, I was pulling for them too. Don't worry. Don't worry, Brad. <laughs> I was. I was. We all know my disdain for the Eagles as well. Um, I will have to say that one sack, though, was real critical in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter yeah. when they were down. Just as Philadelphia come back, yeah, it was yeah. They done the O line had done so well to protect him for the entire game and just really let him down in that spot. Yeah, one one play where they had to be critical, let him get a playoff, and yeah, just unfortunate, just unfortunate. They did so much right. It just at the end of the game, just came down to it and came so wrong. Commanders came twice, twice came close this season to being the Eagles. Just real unlucky in both games, I think. They did such a heck of a job against such a great team like the Eagles. The Eagles just do enough in both games to beat them and sweep them in this game, uh, in this season, sorry. And really, full credit to the Eagles, definitely the best team in the NFC right now. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Texans and the Panthers, where... 
The Panthers had been criticised heavily over the course of this season for taking Bryce Young number one overall instead of CJ Stroud, who has looked like the far more complete player. But here we are in this game where the number one and number two overall pick were coming up against each other in a game. uh, And Bryce Young held strong to lead his team to a victory in the fourth quarter of this game. And the Panthers came out 15 to 13 winners over the Houston Texans. The Carolina Panthers defense did a amazing job against Stroud and the Texans in this game. CJ Stroud has gone for or thrown some huge numbers over this over games this season, uh, most up or, or over 300 yards, but they managed to keep him to just 140 yards through the air, only letting him complete 16 to 24 passes and uh, no TD throws. The only TDs coming, of course, CJ Stroud with his legs and uh, a very short run from Andrew Beck. Um, but the story is, I guess, the Panthers uh, and the coupled together receiving core that they have uh, finally getting their first win of the season. Mm. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was I was just going to say with the, the Stroud thing, and this is typically what happens is teams get tape on them and they make adjustments. They know what he can do and what they can't do. And they will force you to make those throws that yep. they can on tape that you struggle with and so his first three games he averages over 300 yards his second three he's under 200 yards so it's that chess match and now you got to see okay how are the texans going to respond what are they going to do uh you know they're granted their receiving core has not been too kind to him i don't know what's happened to nico collins um you know he disappeared you know this game so, and whereas Bryce Young has started, you started to see some real glimpses, some really good signs, you know, that you can see, okay, this is why he was the number one pick um, type yeah. of thing. So it, either way, I'm hoping that this is just the first of many of these matchups mm. to come. It's a, mm. it's a, you know, the future's looking bright for both these guys. Yeah, Major, yeah. the uh, the Texans have looked good over the, the course of the season, even in a couple of losses, but they're coming into a very tough stretch here uh, against some of the teams that they're coming up against. Yeah, they've, they've fizzled out kind of really losing two out of the last three. It's not really looked great across the board for the Texans recently in games, unfortunately for them. They looked real good to start the season, but I think, as Brad said, teams get more tape on them. You get... These sort of things come up where Stroud he's got to make a few more reads here and there. It's it's tough um when you have a rookie quarterback, especially, and you see, hey, they they need to have that sort of adjustment. They need to have some sort of regression, I would say, um, at points, because that's what happens with rookie QBs. They gotta go through these bumps. And I think right now the Texans are really going through that with CJ Stroud. And for the Panthers, I was really impressed by Bryce Young. It was his best game by passer rating by far in this season. His first passer rating game of over 100 in his NFL career. So well done to him. Oh, man, that lo- the last few seconds of this game, by the way. I remember I was telling you boys, watching it live, right? It's the Texans jump off sides. 
They move it up five yards. They jump off sides again, move it up five yards, and unsportsmanlike, actually, that was because of a consecutive penalty. So that actually moves them up 15 yards. And then they get the chips shot field goal, and the guy was still off sides, I think. So it was something real crazy. They It was pretty much the Steelers' playbook. The Steelers always do that with offsides and field goals. I swear that's what they were doing right here, the Texans. They're trying to get that field goal to miss. But well done to the Panthers. Just incredible how they play just on defense, especially. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Uh, Browns and Seahawks. The Seahawks set up uh, a very big lead over the Browns in the first quarter through a couple of uh, TDs, um, one on the ground to Jake Bobo and another, which was a absolute dart from Geno Smith to Tyler Lockett for for 12 yards for that TD. Um, Really set themselves up nicely against the Browns and then managed to hold them off uh, courtesy of a late um, TD throw to Jackson Smith and Jigba, eventually coming out 24 to 20 winners over the Browns. And I think it showed a very good showing by Geno Smith, who uh, I admittedly have gotten on a lot uh, over the past few weeks of this season. Um, And, yeah, we didn't really see as much out of PJ Walker this week as we thought we would have or have we have in the last few weeks where he has kind of been a bit of the hero for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, well, I hats off to the uh, division-leading Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Congratulations to them. Um, you know, it's been a little while. I think probably since they've been leading the division. So. Imagine how long has it been since the Seahawks have led the division? Uh Probably since 2020. They did lead it out. Yeah, actually, last season they had they had a lead on it in the first six games or so. Like, they had okay. after, like, week seven, definitely they okay. had. So, yeah. it hasn't been that long. I think it's, like, week 10 they gave All it right. up to us. But, yeah, they got back on top. It's, uh, you know, but the, the, the Seahawks, I think they know their identity. They they know that they are got a really good defense and they've got a, a good run game and then they're they're just gonna ask the quarterback to just manage manage the games and as long as he doesn't get greedy um, then I think they can they can they'll do okay but this game shouldn't have been quite as close as what it was I mean consider you're playing against a backup quarterback in Seattle. And betters know that the home advantage in Seattle is about is the largest in the NFL. It's about a three-point swing, which is huge in the NFL. So it's it's Seattle, in my opinion, let them hang around a little bit too much. Um, but you know, hats off to them also for making a move, you know, trade and doing some trades here. Um, and just trying to to make a real go of it, and it, we'll see what they what they do, especially you know bringing over the uh, defensive tackle from the Jets. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see what what they do and who they are. Brown's got to get Deshaun Watson back. Of course, who knows the Deshaun Watson that they're gonna get back? Is he gonna be the good Deshaun Watson, or is he gonna be the one that we've seen uh, of these last couple weeks that just didn't look like he had anything? So it, it's pretty interesting. I, I'm not sure about that, Brad. I actually 
think the Browns have been playing better without Watson across this entire mm-hmm. season than with him. I, I don't okay. know what it is. Like, if you watched last week's game, Colts and Browns, um, Colts had them curb stomp pretty much when Watson was there. I mean, he was injured, I know. But still, he hasn't looked right across the board. But PJ Walker, it seems like when he's on there, the defense starts to go up a notch. They know they have to play better. And this this sort of thing where they just have to go a little bit better as a team because they know PJ Walker isn't as talented. And I don't know. They seem to play better as a team with PJ Walker quarterback. It's so weird to watch the Browns. And... I know, I mean, a lot of people like myself hate Watson, but this is not like a Watson hate. This is just more an observation on the Browns the past few weeks. They've actually looked better as a team playing for PJ Walker than playing for Deshaun Watson. I think the Seahawks, the same way, they kind of are this season compared to last season. They're really carrying the team around Geno more than having Geno carry the team. I think couple interceptions were pretty ugly there from Gino, but uh, yeah, the, the rest of the team do help him up a lot, especially on defense. They they have some great players. Julian Love, Tariq Willen both had a pick in this one. They just added Leonard Williams on the trade deadline today, uh, just before the trade deadline, the day before the trade deadline, that is. So yeah, it'd be interesting. The Seahawks look like they're going all in, got the division lead, so yeah, it's, it's looking real interesting out there in the NFC West. But do you think do you think that they can actually do the Browns? Do you think they can actually do anything with PJ Walker come playoff time? My my thinking is if Deshaun Watson can capture his magic, then the Browns could could legitimately uh, be a contender. But with PJ Walker, I don't see it. Yeah, me neither. I think. I think Deshaun's X factor as well has really gone away. Like he's mm-hmm. never going to be. I, I I feel like we've had this conversation uh, at least on the probably. fantasy podcast. But it's like Deshaun probably will never capture that 2019, 2018 sort of magic again. Really, he had a great season in 2019. He led them the Texans that was all the way to the divisional round and led 24 nothing against Mahomes. But then. After that, it just hasn't been the same for Deshaun. I feel like he's not going to be the same player, unfortunately. Especially with injuries coming into play now, it's going to be, it's going to be even tougher for Deshaun to find his magic. Unfortunately for him, and the Browns, I would say. Yep. Uh, someone who didn't find their magic this week is the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who mm. finally succumbed to the. Denver Broncos for the first time in how long, Major? Uh, it was a 16-game win streak coming into this 16 one. 16 games. So what, eight, eight years? Wow. Yeah, yeah, since Peyton. Peyton was the quarterback for the Broncos the last time they beat the Chiefs in September 2015. So the Denver Broncos ran away with this 24-9, to absolutely dominating the the hapless Chiefs, and that's about the only that's the best the best word I can use to describe them in this game. They just didn't seem to be able to get anything going on offense. Uh, of course, we did find out that Mahomes was sick on Saturday all day Saturday. They actually had him on an IV drip Saturday night to try and get him well enough to take the field. God knows why you are starting Patrick Mahomes uh, when he is sick, but. 
he still played a pretty decent game for someone who was heavily affected by flu. And you would have to think that it's probably one of the only reasons that they couldn't pull off some Holmes magic in this game to get them over the line again against the Denver Broncos. Um, of course, earlier in the season, a couple of weeks ago, they were almost beaten by the Broncos. And then twice last season, uh, as I pointed out to Manjot the other day in the group chat, they came, they came within a score of getting beaten by the Broncos uh, and Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson finally did it, and he did it with some pretty decent play. Yeah, he was incredible. I mean, three touchdowns. Uh, that's that's real good for Russell Wilson from what we've seen the last few seasons. Uh, Javante Williams had a great game as well. I know 27 carries for 85 yards, three yards per carry. But still, I thought he was good just getting him working. I just think... Yeah, it's the first time we've really seen him. I mean, he had three catches, 13 yards, and a touchdown. It's the first time we've really seen him replay this well in a long time since his injury last season. So I always loved Javante. He's one of my favorite players when when he was a rookie in 2021. So it's always good to see him back. Patrick Mahomes trying to have a Michael Jordan-style flu game just, just didn't happen, unfortunately, for him. Two interceptions, a fumble. Yeah, it was just a mess from him. First time he's really not been great. Uh, really, they, they don't have much at wide receiver, the Chiefs, as well. That was really showing in this game. I mean, you're going up against great cornerbacks like Patrick Sertain. It's just really hard when, yeah, you got no wide receiver talent, really. There's not really that many guys out there. It's just Kelsey catching passes from Mahomes. And the rest of them, they don't, they really just play as a team, but there's no real alpha, no real number one mm. wide receiver out there. I think that's really showing for the Chiefs the last few weeks that they really need if I know this is just before the trade deadline. This episode will be released after the trade deadline has passed, but still they need to go out and get a receiver if they can in the remaining hours of this trade deadline because it's just really tough to see them play with only Kelsey receiving at most. Yeah, I you know, you guys mentioned uh, Wilson, and I normally am a Wilson apologist, but I didn't feel like he had that great of a game personally in this one. Um, you know, he's he's coming. Yeah, he had the touchdowns, but what I saw from from him that I've seen all season, the last couple season, is he's holding the ball way too long. And, you know, you saw he got sacked four times, fumbles it twice. Um, and I'm just concerned. And I was not that – normally I'm a huge fan of Sean Payton. But the, I didn't like what he, what he did, what he did, what he's doing here with the Broncos. Their run game is actually really good. They're, they're, they're able to run the ball. But he's not relying on it what how he needs to and he needs to just say okay this is my strength i'm gonna run 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 but what he does is he 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 gets this momentum and he runs and he runs and then he'll decide to do uh, a series or a, where he just pass 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 and it and then they end up punting the ball so i i feel like peyton needs to adjust a little bit um, you know, who am I? But I feel like he he should rely more on that run game. And I agree with you about the Chiefs. They, they got to do something with the pass. They got to have an extra layer in there because right now nobody's working for them. Yeah, for sure. Right up. Uh, let's 
shift on to the Ravens and the Cardinals, where Gus Edwards ran for three touchdowns and the Ravens' defense came up with some very key stops against the Arizona Cardinals to bring home a 31-24 to win. The Ravens here looked amazing on all three sides of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. Manjot, I'm going to let you – you haven't had much time to talk about your boy Lamar this season. Oh, yeah. I feel like – even though they're at six and two, it's been a very quiet six and two, uh, yeah. and they've been no. peeking on through. I will, yeah. admittedly, so let's. Uh, Brad, what do you reckon we give Manjo a little bit of time to gush over Lamar for all the Lamarmi out there? Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Um, because I wasn't here last week, so that would have been the perfect time to talk about Lamar because he had no. An amazing this game. this is the perfect yeah. time to talk about Lamar, mate, because this was a okay. ridiculous game. <laughs> he, he played well. I mean, his stats were eighteen for twenty-seven, hundred fifty-seven yards passing and a touchdown in the air, and five rushes for seventeen yards. So it wasn't really him this game. I would say he he did enough to help the team win. It was more last week where he was incredible against the Lions. This week was more about Gus Edwards, 19 carries, 80 yards, three touchdowns. Really, it was about the ground game getting going. They weren't getting too much going in the past game, but really they did enough, I think, on offense to really keep them out of it. And the Ravens' defense and special teams, I feel like they almost wanted the Cardinals to win this one. I I swear, the end of the game, you watch that again. They were just letting Josh Jobs, uh, sorry, Josh Dobbs throw dimes left and right, and then I don't think they were letting him. Do- I don't think they were letting him throw dimes. It's yeah. just that Josh Dobbs throws dimes left yeah, and mean, right. It it was they 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 got a couple of picks early on in the game that really set up the the win. I would say just kept them out of bay, but really, just you got to say they they were letting them back into it, not recovering receivers as much as they could. And then Aguilar fumbles the kickoff and it's just like, oh man, if only the Cardinals made that extra, that two-point conversion to make an eight-point game instead of having to rely on a field goal and then another onside and then a touchdown, then it could have been a whole different story. They could have been tied up going to overtime or Lamar would have come out and led the game-winning drive or something crazy would have happened. I think the one thing for the Ravens, though, I think I sense a bit of frustration here. Odell had nothing in this game. Yeah. No catches. Yeah. And that's the real fr- frustration for them. And for me, for the Cardinals, I think really shows they benched Josh Dobbs after this game. It kind of shows, hey, he's doing too well. Maybe we have to tank now that we're one and seven and the Panthers just won. So maybe I think they're going to tank mode now uh, or they're trying to get Kyle Murray back in. So do you I'm feel? A bit do you feel like? That. Do you feel like Josh Dobbs has done enough to to sort of give it, get himself a a starting job somewhere? Uh, starting no, I don't, I don't. I don't. I think he's a backup. He's a good change of pace, but um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make him a starter or give him that opportunity unless maybe it was. I mean, no knock, but unless it was like the current situation with the Vikings or something like that. Um, then, then I would, but other, otherwise, I I think he's he's a backup. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know whether they're going to take. I really hope they just don't bring Kyler Murray back in just for the sake of it, because I actually don't think that's the right move anyway. 
Uh, we spoke about that in the off-season. They're better off um, just bringing someone else in, using a QB3 if they really want to tank. Mm. They may as well mm. openly do it. Don't risk Kyler Murray. Uh, there has also been some weird talk in this uh, this period, uh, in, within the last week coming up to the trade deadline, that maybe the Cardinals could just trade Kyler Murray. Um, so that mm. talk has been out there again, and I think that's been fueled by the way Josh Dobbs has been playing, that okay. he's good enough to lead a team right now, uh, a team that's tanking, because he is doing a good enough job to look like a functional quarterback. Um, but obviously it wouldn't be your franchise's future. Uh, but yeah, and you could probably get a decent um, amount of uh, currency for Kyler Murray on the trade market, which I definitely think you could. Um, all right, Bengals, 49ers. The Cincinnati Bengals get up for a big win over the San Francisco 49ers who are admittedly basically coming out of the hospital ward every week to play a game. There seems to be injury upon injury for this team. At least, Manjot, it is coming at the right time of the season prior to a bye rather than at the wrong time when you're coming into or are in the middle of a finals run. Yeah. The Bengals, however... Joe Burrow, let's talk about, let's go with Bengals first. Joe Burrow looks like he is all the way back healthy. He yeah, amazing in this game, 28 of 32, 283 yards, three very great touchdowns, and he played a, a very, very good game. Joe Mixon looked great with 16 carries for 87 yards. Jamar Chase hit that 100 mark, get, racking up the ton in with 10 receptions and one TD. Uh, T. Higgins got a good share. Tyler Boyd, a few crucial catches. The Bengals seem like they are hitting stride all at the same time as Joe Burrow is getting healthy. Brad? Well, it's I think I think you know, I'm not gonna brag, but I believe I was the only one that picked the, the Bengals. Oh, uh, there was yeah, some there is some controversy there, mate. Uh Let's, oh really? I had I had the Bengals picked because uh, Sam Darnold was supposed to be starting this game. Maddie C okay. was the same, uh, and both of us silly, silly enough, silly enough for both of us changed off our pick once we heard Purdy was starting. Uh, uh, both yeah. Maddie, both of us had instant regrets when the when the Bengals went up early <laughs> over the 49ers. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Brad, good job, by the way. That gave us the leading tipping. We're up 10 You did, but I mean, I did screw us also because I did pick one <laughs> wild game at the start of the week. And hey. then I uh, I changed off this pick. And I should not. This is a lesson for all the kids out there. If you are not, if you don't know which way to go and you pick something with confidence, like you look at a game and you go, I don't know, I don't know, I'm going to go with that. Never change your mind. Yep. Don't ever second oh. guess yourself. Go with the confidence pick. Uh, that's about all you should do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, but I, I, I will, I'll let Manjot talk about the current state of the Niners. Uh, but uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Ian. The Bengals, the Bengals are back. Burrow is back. And I, I always had faith that they would turn it, turn it around. Um, you know, last year it was game three. This year it took a little bit longer um, because of the Burrow injury. But I did feel like they were eventually going to turn it around. The question is, are they Super Bowl contenders? And I think that that's a little, it's a little too early to tell. 
but the fact that they beat arguably when healthy the best team in, in the NFC um says that that they are here and they made a statement and I don't think anybody would take them lightly anymore going forward. Yeah. I Man, John, I mean, a typical uh, 49ers game day for you is the height of bipolar. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, this, I hate, this, I one hate was, this one was no difference. There is... I mean, I thought I was bad with the Vikings over the years, but I'd never really experienced Manjot with a 49ers game where the things that aren't going right or and then things do go right. And uh, but this is <laughs> it's a wild, it's a wild thread uh, time on the text thread. Uh, I don't know how I feel about being next to you watching a 49ers game. Oh man, no, it'd just be a, it'd be a lot of depression at this point. Like, <laughs> uh, it used to be hype, now it's like depression, honestly. Firstly, Gustav Purdy. I know a lot of people getting on him. I got to say, one, he's a young QB. He's going to have bad games, okay? So he's still, you know, developing. He's still getting there. But he's still making plays, even though he's not having the best time in terms of turnovers. I think where it really is hurting an offense, you lose a guy like Debo Samuel, who's really a distraction, a decoy on that offense. They truly, really, they truly need Debo Samuel back on that they offense, do. don't they? Number one, definitely, he has to come back because he is 100% that guy that can decline, take Just attention slant, off CMC. Slant God, slant God, yeah. that is all he is. And yeah, so- CMC needs like that attention away from him in the backfield as well. Debo can relieve yep. him and carries, that sort of thing. Like the jet sweeps, you don't really get that out of a guy like Juwan Jennings, who's really more of a slot receiver. And that sort of thing. There's no other guys that really step up. Ayuk, he's more of a receiver, not like a Debo role. So you definitely miss that. You definitely miss Trent Williams, 100%. He also, yes, he definitely tackle. needs he needs Trent Williams back yeah. as well. And look, I, I really think like the last three weeks, the offensive struggles, it's definitely come because Trent Williams is out and the three games we've lost, we play against edge rushes such as Miles Garrett, Daniel Hunter, and this week was Trey Hendrickson. So those three guys are real good across mm. the line, and you really can't beat them when you see that sort of thing, when you have Trent Williams out, and the rest of the O-line is just pure garbage at this point. Like, the way they're playing, it's not really that good. They're just letting Purdy get hit, let him get under pressure, and it's disrupting all of the timing on the play. So that really is why the Niners, I think, are struggling offensively. Is those two injuries have really killed a lot of the offensive momentum. And then overall, I think the defense has just been absolute garbage, honestly. I, I have to say this, but Steve Wilkes is not the right defensive coordinator for this team. It is just... It, I mean, he started off well. This season started off well, but... The thing is, the last few weeks, he was amazing against Dallas, by the way. Like, his coverage calls against Dallas, really pressing on Dallas's receivers, not allowing Dak and CD to get going. But then he's gone back to the soft coverages ever since that he started the season with. And that is where the Niners are letting up. I mean, last week against the Vikings, Addison... And Cousins were able to find holes everywhere. Hawkinson was able to find holes. Like, these sort of guys were able to find holes in this soft zone coverage. And this week, you come up against a team like Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Boyd. These sort of receivers going up against that coverage, 
You're going to have Burrow, who's one of the most efficient passers in the NFL, who leads the NFL in completion percentage. He is a guy that's going to come in and dice up your defense like that. That is why I think a lot of Niners fans, myself included, are really pissed off at Steve Wilkes. Because what he has done, he has changed the defense from being more about the front seven to about being for the back end of the secondary. And that is where you don't get anything. And he's taken away everything that's made what was great about that front seven. The stunts that come on the inside, allowing Bosa to get to the quarterback easily. He just rushes four guys straight forward now. He doesn't have anyone moving to the inside, to the outside, like D'Amico Ryans or Robert Sulla. That is what gets on my nerves about Steve Wilkes, is he isn't trying something new. And what's even worse, I think, is... And what Kyle Shanahan is getting to him now, he's coaching up in the box. Bro, get your ass down on the field, bro. I, I swear yeah. to God. Like, Robert Sulla and D'Amico Ryans, the best thing about them, not just was the great play calls, but they go out there, they're with the team, they're celebrating along you, alongside the guys, alongside yourselves. When you make a great defensive play, you get hot-headed, that fires up your defense. Steve Wilkes is just up there. He's sitting there. He's, like, muted. He's just calling. It's almost like Matt Canada, like I was talking about a few weeks ago, how Canada just sits there, even when his team makes a great play. Same thing with Steve Wilkes on the defense. I swear to God, this guy, if he doesn't change it up, he's got to get fired. I swear to God. This guy, it's the worst. He's changed the best defense into the league into almost a bottom half of the unit sort of thing. Mm. And uh, it just annoys me. Just annoys me. Oh, well, man, man John, I mean, I mean, what can you, you look forward to after the bye? I mean, you're coming up against the Jags who are coming off a bye. Oh, yeah. wait, hang on. That's probably not a good thing right now. So <laughs> Yeah, unless you change it up. we got to change it up. Something's got to happen. Great passing. They're also a great passing team too. We can't play soft against Well, them. I'll tell you what. You know how you come off. You, if you're a team that's playing badly and you need to uh, change things up and you need to really get yourself back on track and, and you figure out how to get all three sides of the ball playing well again, coming up against the Chicago Bears like the Los Angeles Chargers did this week uh, is not a bad way to do it. Tyson Badgett started his third straight game for the hapless Chicago Bears who are now at 2-6. and six after a 30-13 a to 13 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert threw an insane 40 times, 40 attempts. They uh, they tried with Justin Herbert this week. God knows why when you're against the Bears, because you could beat them on the ground and through the air. But still, they had him throw 40 times, 298 yards, completed 31 of those, three TDs uh, to... Austin Eklas, Mr. Automatic, Donald Palm Jr., Simi Faco. Uh, but they the Chargers really galvanized themselves, I think, and came home with a pretty decent win and looked half decent against the Bears in prime time. Oh, yeah. They they were just they just did enough. They just they did it as required. Herbert was amazing. I really enjoyed him. He was perfect in the first quarter. Then he was perfect in the second quarter. And really towards the end of the game, they're just cruising. So it didn't really matter what Herbert was doing, except for me in fantasy. But still, <laughs> it was just incredible watching Herbert out there. He was just dicing up that entire team. And man, the Bears, they just sucked with Bajan. 
it's just so bad. I mean, no offense, no offense to, no offense to Bajit, man. I know he's trying his best, but man, he's he's not it. I I remember I saw a few plays where Chris Collinsworth was just overly praising him. He's like, oh, this is what Justin Fields should do. I'm like. Man, he's not. Just, he's not a QB. Don't be doing that. He's him. not QB one, and I don't think anyone's under illusion yeah. that he is. I so. just feel bad for the they kid. Do need they just hype they, him up too much. They do need Justin Fields back, but I don't think it's really going to matter for the Bears, to be honest. Yep. The 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 Bears suck ass. I mean, that's just that's, yeah, that's, that's the easy just, way to say it. That's, that's about that's about all, all you can all you can say, Brad, about that. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. worst yeah. game I've ever seen. So, and so their their best their best bet is stockpiling picks. You know they're going to get Carolina's pick, um, so they're hoping they lose. They'll have their pick. Uh, and if 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 I were them, I, I would consider one of the t- big two. Um, you know that are going to be coming out uh, this this season. The quarterback from USC or my wide receiver from Ohio State. Um, and I I just would be already thinking about next year and setting yourself up for a position for next year uh, on the chargers. Hey, Herbert's back, baby. Uh, you know, hey. his, his, his ring finger, you know, his middle finger, sorry, uh, on his non-throwing hand doesn't seem to be bothering him. He wasn't wearing the glove. So, um, but with all that said, chargers still can't run the ball. Um, and until they can figure that out. Uh, they, they, that's what I mean. They should have just had Austin Eckler running ball here. They still could yeah. have beat. They could have beat the Bears. It wouldn't have mattered. Maybe just give the rest of your running back room. They should have just given them a like a coaching day, just a training day, like yeah. an yeah. open on an open field because they were still going to run over the Bears. It didn't matter what they did. Yeah, I just don't no, understand I, why they would throw Herbert so much. Made sure he made sure he could throw. You know, let him have a few throws, get a few under his belt. Yeah, cool TDs, but then just get Austin Eckler back and healthy. You know, because he's only still still only coming back. He's still only a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah, but you know, for them to finish with only fifty-four yards rushing, that's woeful. It's just you can't do that in the NFL. They can't sustain that. There's no. I mean, you can't win that way, and you need that running game. So let's get off them. Let's move to the final game for Week Eight, Monday Night Football, where the Detroit Lions welcomed in the Raiders to what promised to be somewhat of a good game, but turned out to be an absolute fizzer. Where Detroit absolutely dominated the the woeful woeful Raiders, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in this uh, as as uh, as Taylor likes to say, as our boy Tay says, uh, "Welcome to China, Jimmy," because he should basically be shipped Get off ready to China. To learn Chinese, buddy, because <laughs> pretty much that's uh, about the only place you should be playing quarterback any longer, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, ten completions, ten. 10 from a QB one who got paid a, a lot of money, uh, 10 completions, 126 yards, uh, six sacks. He took in this game. They could not get anything going in passing on the ground. And at the end of the game, you basically saw there is vision of Devonte Adams who only had one reception for 11 yards in this game, seven targets. That was all he had for the entire game. Uh, who one of the best wide receivers in the league, and that's all he is getting out of this team. There was vision of him, and you can clearly see without the need to be a lip reader that he says, I'm so sick of this bullshit. Uh, so 
that doesn't. You forgot. An, you got forgot two F words in there. I yeah. did, mate, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> um, got two F bombs. Yeah, there were a couple oh. F bombs as well in all that, but I'm so sick of this bullshit. And I think the entirety of the league and NFL fans are pretty sick of this bullshit from the Las Vegas Raiders as well. Uh, and at this point, if they uh, they need to trade Devontae Adams and get him out of there because there's not a long way up. It's a long way up for the, the Raiders and there's not a lot of light towards the end of that tunnel for them this season. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's – I'm so frustrated watching the Raiders just – it, it was annoying. The Lions should have won this game by a million more points. They should have at least put 50 on the board, I think. They played real well in red zone defense, the Raiders, just to keep them within 12 points. Like, that is the only positive I can come up with this team. It was just so garbage watching the Raiders today. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, he missed Devontae Adams on a 60-yard potential touchdown and a 98-yard potential touchdown today. Devontae Adams could have had two long-range touchdowns if Jimmy Garoppolo could learn to throw a deep ball, which he hasn't been able to do all his career. This is why I was so happy when the Niners just got rid of him. I'm just so glad he's not on the team anymore. Like, this is... Raiders fans, you're learning what I've had to deal with for the best part of a few years now. Oh man, it was just so hard watching Jimmy Garoppolo. It was so hard watch so hard watching this game, just in general. Yeah. Um oh, Brad, man. I'm not sure whether you've been able to catch up on all of it yet. Uh but Jameer Gibbs is yeah. finally on the Detroit Lions, it would seem. Twenty six carries for 152 yards. <laughs> yeah, I think the way they utilize Gibbs is that what we saw today was their game plan for how they wanna they wanna utilize him going forward and he's a dynamic dynamic runner so i think the biggest thing now is just keeping him healthy um and if they can do that um then oof, he the, the the he's got a very very high ceiling i worry a little bit about uh you know jameson williams the the second year wide out because he you know he missed last year a virtually he's suspended for the first four games this year um he's been back but he really has not made much noise um so he's been dropping a lot of balls it'll be really interesting uh to see he today had zero catches on six targets so so i think they need him to be uh, a contributor in this offense if they want to get into that elite Super Bowl uh, contending level. And, you know, for Jimmy Garoppolo, I would say, uh, don't say welcome to China. Say welcome to Australia. I would love to have Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) play for, uh, you know, a local league here in Australia. We, we, We can't pay him much, but we could sure put him up and give him some room and board. And uh, it would be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll take him. He'd be my new favorite player if that happened. <laughs> Brad's boarding. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. He can come stay at my place. I mean, even my wife thinks he's good looking. So you know, oh, I don't know if you want him around the wife then, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone could agree with that part about Jim Garoppolo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He's definitely good for looking at. Yeah, uh, yeah that's about it, though. As as an NFL quarterback, no. Uh, I expect to see him playing in the USFL within the next two years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Welcome welcome to the USFL. 
he'd be a uh, he'd be a great draw for the no it's all xfl now isn't it yeah it's it's yeah. merged it's all yeah. merged so it's all xfl now yeah he'd be a great draw for uh for the rock i reckon yeah all right um, well that's uh that's week eight that's the week eight games uh done and dusted for us here wow what a what a bunch of games there is a few to look forward to as brad alluded to earlier for week nine, some big games. Uh, a couple of teams back on by. We've got four back on by in Denver, Detroit, the 49ers, and the Jags. A um, couple of quality games. Not too sure about – how do you reckon Thursday night football is going to go? The Titans versus the Steelers. Oh, I'd rather pull out my toenails, I think, than than watch that. I don't know. I think we're it's, only going to be watching it for Will Levis, aren't we? That exactly. That's the only thing that I am watching it for is to see how Will Levis uh, will look with a uh, a little bit of film on him. Yeah. Uh, Sunday night football promises to be pretty big. So does Sunday afternoon, actually. Sunday afternoon as a, as a whole promises to be pretty big with uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles going head-to-head in Philly. And then Sunday night football is the Bills and the Bengals in Cincinnati. They seem like they're going to be some pretty fun games, and fingers crossed they are. Hmm. Yeah, I think think this week is the best week in a long time. Between the Dolphins, Chiefs, Seahawks, Ravens, um, yeah, and the ones you, you said, the Cowboys, Eagles, and Bills, Bengals. Those are just four lights out games that I'm I'm really excited for. And I don't, I don't, frankly, I don't want to watch like the compressed version or the condensed version. I want to, I want to watch as much of those, the full versions, as I can. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> it's going to be a great week. Glad the Niners are on a bias. I can watch it all. Yeah, you can enjoy I, I, you can enjoy football for a week, man, Jot. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, I can't unfortunately. We're against Atlanta, so I expect that Jaron Hall at this point, Jaron Hall is probably going to be starting for the Vikings against Atlanta. Uh, so I am going to watch all of the Falcons game once again. <laughs> uh, um, I, I I don't know at what point are we just going to choose the Atlanta Falcons as the team of good gridiron for twenty twenty three because. <laughs> we talked that much Falcons ball this this so far this season. We may as well get fully behind them and start rooting for, for the, everything to do with it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'll be watching all of that again. Uh, we do start off pretty good, actually. We got the Germany game. I'd forgotten that there is a Germany yeah. game. Yeah, 1.30 a.m. Yeah, in Australia, Miami and Kansas City in Germany. That is going to be a massive game. I don't know. I wonder whether we're even going to hear the commentary team over how loud that stadium is going to be in Frankfurt. It'll be it'll be fun and exciting. Uh, that's for sure. I don't think I can stay up and watch it just because you know. Then I'm not I'm not getting to bed till three or four. I oh, know it's going to be a four a.m. get to bed. That doesn't work for anybody. Yeah. So uh, I don't know whether yeah. I'll be getting up. I'll be getting up for the last quarter. So well, Major doesn't. Major doesn't sleep anyway, so he'll probably still yeah. be awake. Um, but anyway, so that looks good. Week nine looks pretty good. So you can catch us with a recap on the other side of week nine. The other thing you can expect and look out for after that week nine recap is we're going to do a uh, a bit of a mid season catch up. Mm. Uh, we're going to go through mm. our. G'day Gridiron teams uh, that we did earlier in the off-season we picked. So we're going to have a look at how they're trending on uh, PFF stats. 
So I'll put all that together. We'll also have a look at how our our picks for our division uh, winners or our divisions in general are, are running and all those other picks. So stay tuned. Tune in for that. Uh, if you don't uh, already follow us, please follow us on the socials at G'day Gridiron uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you do like, follow. Please comment and, and let us know what you think about these episodes. We would love to know your thoughts. Uh, follow Manjot along at Pastry Press NFL uh, as well and interact with Manjot there. Uh, the rest of the guys at Grenade Gridiron at the Aussie Gridiron Network, I should say. Uh, so the Aussie NFL Fantasy Boys, Marky Mark at No Huddle. So follow all those guys. Check us out everywhere you can. Other than that, uh, boys, it is see you later for week eight. See you guys. Go Cowboys. Slips one in there. Just slips one in there. G'day Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy, no huddle dynasty.